Happy Friday. Good morning. I'm Greg. This is the Daily Bible Wrap-Up where I go through readings from a reading plan called The Bible in One Year 2023 by Nikki Gumbel. You can find that reading plan in the link in the show notes. And uh, they also have a devotional every day, which I do not go through on this podcast. I'm just using that basically as a reading plan to basically read the entire Bible in one year. And what I do, for those of you who are new, and I say this every now and then, maybe every week or every two weeks, I'll go through this. It's like, I have been historically writing down notes. I've been doing this now, reading the Bible straight through for, oh, maybe six, seven years now, something like that. Started out as just listening to it audio. And then as time went on, a couple of years ago, I realized that by writing down my notes and thoughts that it helps me to process the um, stories, the information better. And so I was writing them down in notebooks. In fact, I've got one right here. This is the last one that I was actually writing in before I switched to new technology, yay, 21st century. This is called a Kindle Scribe. Absolutely love it. Totally recommend it. Don't get any money for saying that. So it's just me recommending it it actually really is like writing on paper and so now i will read from this every and i've and and i'm like over 200 pages like now in my notes here so if you see me like kind of doing this every now and then or looking down that's what i'm looking at so the idea is that we do this every day maybe if you miss a reading like one day or one week or what have you you can then come back to the podcast and you can hear my summary. I basically go through the high level of what's going on. I have some commentary about it, how it might apply to our lives today in our society. And again, these are just all my thoughts. I am not a biblical scholar. I am a fellow Christ follower that's learning along the way, like most likely you are. So let's get into today's readings. Uh, we are Psalm 99, 1 Corinthians 12, 1 through 26, and a new book, The Song of Songs. One through four. Psalm 99 acknowledges that God is just. So, verse eight O Lord, you answered them. You were a forgiving God to them, but you punished them when they went wrong. Now, I've touched on this before again. Punishment is meant to be positive, it's intended as a corrective action. To result in a change of behavior and path, and how we respond to that correction is really what determines our path. It's a loving thing. We're talking about the character of God yesterday, how some prefer like the teddy bear approach, and that a just God seems to be a little harsh. But the just leads to the correction, which is ultimately what God wants. Old Testament, we pick up the story in first, I'm sorry, New Testament, we pick up the story in 1 Corinthians, I believe that's 12, verse 1. Paul addresses another question from the Corinthians. This is about the special abilities the Spirit gives us. First, he says that no one speaking by the Spirit will curse Jesus, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Spirit. I unpack that to show that we have to first have faith to invite the Spirit into our hearts. I've talked about that before, that you can never preach enough to be effective to someone who is so hardened that they want to see proof first. You have to start with an element, a little nugget of faith first, and then it builds upon itself. 
That's how snowflakes form. They water droplet around a little piece of dust first, but then they become this, a blizzard. Beautiful snowflakes all over the place. I shouldn't be talking about snow. It'll be winter soon enough. We don't need to be dealing with snow right now. Now, Paul then acknowledges several different types of spiritual gifts, but each of them have a purpose and that we all don't have them. I may have one, but not another. But the point is, is that this is to help each other. We complement each other. We complete each other. Thank you, Jerry Maguire. So he lists gifts, uh, wisdom, knowledge, healing, performing miracles, prophecy, discernment of messages, whether it's from God or another spirit, speaking in tongues, interpreting tongues. Now, only the Spirit decides what gifts we get. We can't just decide we want one and work towards it. Well, I want to speak in tongues. How can I get there? If the Lord wants you to speak in tongues, you'll speak in tongues. Now, Paul equates the human body's many parts to the body of Christ. Verse 18, quote, But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. Our bodies are a perfect image of how God wants us from conception. There's no reason to change anything. It is how he made us. Old Testament. We're starting the Song of Songs, or otherwise known in some, some places, the Songs of Solomon. Now, this is kind of a interesting interlude, it seems like, in the Old Testament, in the Bible. And I don't get it most of the time when I'm reading this. It's basically this back and forth between a woman and a man. They're obviously very much in love. What's the purpose? And sometimes the language is a little hard to get through to understand, even when you're not reading the King James Version. So in preparation for reading this, I did a little bit quick internet search. And a good explanation of this book is found at learnreligions.com. I do not have the URL in the show notes. I apologize for that, but you can go out and search for it if you want. I'm not endorsing that site either. I just happened to do a search and found a good description. Anyway, quote from that site, the song, the song of songs is a book about poet. Uh, excuse me. Let me start that again. The Song of Songs is a book of poetry and wisdom that celebrates the spiritual and sexual love between a husband and wife. It was written by King Solomon, who may have been inspired by his own experiences with Abishag, a young woman who nursed him. The book teaches how to have a healthy and passionate marriage based on mutual compassion, communication, and loyalty. Three core elements in addition to living a godly life that's important for a marriage. Now, it begins from the point of view of a woman. It's a constant, as I said, flip between point of views here, mainly between women, man, women, man. They're doing this dance, this dating thing, this courting thing, this relationship thing. Obviously very much in love. She invites him to kiss her after their king had brought her to his bedroom. Now, she seems to feel bad about her tan. I thought this was a little bit odd, but I guess maybe back then it was thought of that 
he might not see her as a laborer worthy of a king's love. She says, quote, don't stare at me because I am dark. The sun has darkened my skin. She was the dark skin came from being out in the sun from working in the vineyards. But he doesn't seem to be concerned. He says they will make jewelry for her to accentuate her beauty. And maybe, maybe the purpose of that line, that action is to offset her commoner appearance. I don't know. And then romantic assertions ensue on both sides. Song of Songs 2 continues. She is, quote, weak with love. She talks of how he courted her. That's my word for lack of a better word. Then an interlude from, quote, the young woman of Jerusalem. So normally most of this it's between the man and the woman, but now the young woman of Jerusalem were saying to, quote, catch all the foxes, end quote, before they ruin the love, the vineyard of love. I think this means to deflect interference from other women. Obviously, Solomon was a prize to catch. I mean, there's no doubt about that. He's wealthiest, most powerful man in the world, or the known world, that world, back in that time. The woman says in response, and in confidence, I should add, my lover is mine, and I am his. So this relationship is pretty solid, it seems like. Songs of Solomon 3 picks it up. She reminisces how once she... She searched far and long for her lover and then finds him and, quote, brought him to my mother's house, into my mother's bed where I had been conceived. I don't know. Maybe this is a description of continuing a lineage. It's a little bit, it's certainly visual, but why, assuming that they're having sexual relations here in her mother's bed, why include that as a detail in here? I could have that completely wrong, but that's the way I'm reading it. The king arrives wearing a splendid crown. And I wrote here, at this point in the book, I get confused, but I'm already confused before I get to this point. Songs of Solomon 4 begins with a young man, obviously infatuated with the woman's beauty. He asks her to be his bride to live with him. The woman invites the man to, quote, come into your garden, my love taste its finest fruits and again that does in fact seem like a sexual imita uh, invitation so an interesting book to be sure um i don't know how much i'm going to get out of it this round uh right now it does seem still to be a little bit confusing to me but again as i've mentioned before on this podcast a lot of the benefit of reading the bible multiple times is that each time you read it you gain more from it you gain more understanding you gain more insight you gain more wisdom and it's okay to not understand everything because i think that's the point the bible says in several areas i can't quote uh, chapter and verse and book because i'm not wired that way but that basically we're not meant to understand everything well i can i can quote one that was one of the lessons i believe from ecclesiastes it's like you're not going to be able to understand everything it's okay you don't have to but i do understand that that's it for today i hope you have a wonderful day and that you walk by the spirit today 
And as always, take care.